Welcome to the Northwest Audio Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today we're going to be expanding on my message from Sunday morning called The Father and His Sons. As always, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it on whatever platform you're on right now. If you just go back an episode, you'll find it right there, and you can listen to that before moving on with this one. Can we talk about how you trotted across stage on Sunday? (laughs) Thank you. I didn't know how to get into that, so you just kind of brought us right in. Yeah, I did trot on Sunday. Like, only Pastor Nick can trot on a platform in front of hundreds of people and somehow (laughs) contribute to the success of the gospel ministry. That's that's, that's me, man. You won't be able to hear it on the podcast. If you want to see the trot, you'll have to go on YouTube. (laughs) And and hear me when I say, you don't want to miss the trot. You don't want to miss the trot. I actually haven't even seen it on the video. I don't know what it looks like yet. I hope they caught it. I went up to Angie before before the service, you know, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna run across stage, <laughs> so so be ready, you know." Because she's she was operating the camera, and I was like, "Just be ready for me. I'm gonna run across stage. I'm gonna I'm gonna crowd surf. <laughs> I'm gonna crowd surf." Oh man, I don't even I don't even know if we'll keep all this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny though. <laughs> I I will say you 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 preached a message. On a parable, and I did for the <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I found myself accessing that parable in a whole new way in my spirit. Oh, good! I'm glad. Right, and so I was able to identify with the father, the son, and the brother, but I was able to retrospectively identify them with it in different phases of my adult life. Mm. Right, and so I can recall times. That's interesting, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, dude, I have. Not I, ha- I have not forgiven this person for this thing at that stage of my life, even though it was years ago, right? Or oh. I does that make sense? Yeah, you're like holding on to grudges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you didn't even realize you're holding on to. That anymore. I didn't realize I was holding on to. It's like, why am I still holding on to this? Why? Why, why am I allowing this piece right. of who I am as human, but as a son of a, of the King, to uh, go unaddressed? Yeah, it, almost like I was like, oh. It, a grudge seems small enough to forget about. Right. Well, and even and some grudges you don't even think of as a grudge. You just have you've attached instead you've almost attached like a scarlet letter to your view of them. Mhm. And so it's like, "Oh, I just have never looked at this person the same." It, like even so that, true. even as something as small as that is yes. is is a clear response, is a, is a clear note of like, "Hey, you didn't forgive that person." No. Like you haven't released them of anything. You haven't you haven't given them freedom to move past that, you're still holding that against them. And so it's like, it's it's just interesting to, you know, see those things for what they are because they usually just go unnoticed. Totally unnoticed. And it and it may, it really pushed me to consider how am I going to be able to forgive the people in the past that have hurt me beyond muttering it under my breath? Mm. And you you made some comments about how like Jesus God the Father throws us a party in Jesus every time we return home every time right and so it almost goes back to the passage like the love of Christ compels me like the only reason we do anything of meaning is because God did that for us first right, right. and so it's like uh, hey pass it along almost right <laughs> it's like that concept and I I got to thinking like how how am I as a thirty six year old adult father, husband, pastor, how do I come to a place in my life 
where I can look back in my history and begin forgiving authentically some people that have wronged me, hurt me, betrayed me, whatever, right? And that question is for you too, listener. And I don't know that there there is not like a secret sauce. There's no like no. silver bullet. There's no code. It is Jesus has forgiven you of all things. No, yeah, and and it's because every situation is different. You know, if you get hurt a little bit deeper by somebody, then you won't be as inclined to forgive that sort of thing. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I've ever had the opportunity to arrive at a heart full of forgiveness. I mm-hmm. have to choose yeah. actively in my spirit. Okay, my flesh doesn't want to forgive you, but my spirit is overflowing in me because God is overflowing in me, and I'm going to forgive this person because and only because God forgave me, and so they're worthy of forgiveness as well. Yeah, well, and that's what I said about the older brother, honestly. Like, it's like you need to relearn God's love. Hmm. You know, if you can't give the far from God a chance... If you are still holding on to grudges, if you are still, honestly, for any of the three characters, yeah, if you're still holding on to grudges and not forgiving people, if you're not willing to turn back to community and turn back to God and you're thinking that your way is better, if you're not willing to give the, the far from God a chance, you need to relearn the Father's love. Yeah. Yes. You, you need to remind yourself of what God's love is actually like, what God is truly like. God is not frowning at you. God is smiling at you. God is not condemning you or slapping you on the wrist. God is lifting you up. He's holding your hand. Like, there's just, we have to relearn those things that our culture, and I think honestly, the enemy has just over time, he's gradually switched those things in us, knowing that it will thwart the fruit of the gospel. Yeah. And I love how the, I love how the, the device of a parable. It, it's not really a lesson about family dynamics, although it could be applied to that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And so, like, Jesus is taking these stories, these fictional, made-up stories right. that have real-world implications, they, they exist in reality, and he's teaching this... Um, you did an incredible job of this, Nick, of, like, this is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom yeah. of God is like a place. It is like a family. Yeah. Like that, is, family, that, for, yeah. that forgives without condition. Yeah. And upon the return of the prodigal, there is a party to be had. Like yeah. that is what the kingdom of God is like. It is so different than the culture of revenge. It is so yep. different than the culture of getting even. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it even makes me think of whenever I, I do stuff like this, I think back to, I think we talked about this a little bit. Um, in either one of my messages or one of your messages in a, a series in the past, we talked about how like the kingdom of God isn't necessarily a place, but it's more so like everywhere that the rule of God mm-hmm. is happening, you know, like living under the authority of God. That's yeah. the kingdom of God. And so if he's describing this, it's like, hey, if you live under the authority of God, therefore, so if you live as a Christ follower, this is what your life should look like. You're being called to be a person who forgives uh, cheerfully. Yeah. You're, so you're, much so yes. that you're willing to throw a party. Yes, someone who forgives with abandon, someone who is is not, um, you know, holding grudges against those who are, um, you know, maybe seen as undeserving of a party, you know, like that older brother, or um, even for the prodigal son to come back. You know, if you are if, if you are living under the rule of God, you're not meant to live on your own. You're meant to live at home with your family and your community. 
Um, and it's just, I think the story is just so unique and special because you can relate to each one of those characters on a, on a or you very eventually distinct will. Level. Or you, you eventually, eventually will. will. You know what I mean? Like, there, there are different parts of my life, different segments of my life right now, my present situation, that I relate to each of these characters in some way. Because there are people that I'm frustrated with. Like, there are people that I, I, I feel like have wronged me or, like, um, I'm just not willing to get past some things. So I need to forgive. I need to take a lesson out of the Father's book. There are things that I'm not willing to submit, and I'm willing to. I just want to do it by myself, and I want to do it my way. I need to submit, like the like the lost son. Like there's a lesson there for me, and so with this series, and we and we mentioned this, you know, as like our little little series blurb, um, that the whole point of of doing these stories right now is so that they will form us. And I think what's special about this story is that because I can relate to all of it. I can now sit here and look at my life and say, okay, what am I going to do about it? God has shown me this, this connection. God has shown me this thing. God, Jesus has told me this story. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to respond in the way of Jesus, or am I just going to keep doing what I'm doing? Like that lost son until I hit rock bottom. And my encouragement to you, listener, is, is not to wait till you hit rock bottom, uh, because you will. You know, If you keep trying to do it your way, we see what happens in the story. You know, he ends up in the, the pit with the pigs, feeding pigs, being gross, disgusting. You know, that's, that's what your way will get you. Um, but God's way is just a celebration. You know, God's way is, is full of love and joy, people that are happy to see you. You know, which gets me to okay, so you said this near the end of your, your message, and I know I'm jumping ahead here, but it's a podcast, so we do what we do. Uh, we go wherever we want. <laughs> you said, <laughs> you said often, what separates the gospel and its fruitfulness is us. Yeah, like ourselves. Like we get in our own way. Yeah, every time it's always us that gets in our own way. But you said that the solution to that was humility, because yeah. what was required of all three characters within this parable, the father to forgive that willingly there had to be a spirit of like unconditional humility and for the son to finally be like ding 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 the light bulb went out or excuse me went on rather <laughs> uh, it, it all clicked it all it, it went out beforehand yeah it went out earlier <laughs> but and it then came, came back, back on. on when he was in the in the in you know hanging out in the pig farm but and he you know in humility finally re- you know returns he didn't have to yeah but he did and then um and then you said the spirit of humility that was required of the older brother, the, of to the be older happy brother, to be happy for his younger brother's return. Oh. I'm a younger brother, so I can't fully relate to the older brother, yeah. right? But dude, I know that dynamic oh, is dude, real, absolutely. Well, and I even, I even think, I even feel like, um, just as I can see the areas that I need to be better because of each of these three characters, I also see the areas where I'd be like, bro, I would not respond like that. No. <laughs> like if I was that younger son and I had gone in that bad, that deep, that like I absolute rock bottom you know how hard it would be to swallow your pride and go back home dude come on well everything about this parable by human standards is wrong it's wrong and it's crazy and it's and it's uh, it's, honestly, up, and it's it totally fe- upside down and it feels impossible yep and, and for someone who um doesn't believe that jesus is god they are a person Walking around on planet Earth, enjoying God's general grace, but they don't know God. Yeah, they would look at the story and be like, 
That's so backwards. Yeah. That's not well, right that's, at all. That's the reason that the verse that I opened with and closed with is from Isaiah 55, saying that, you know, the Lord says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Like, I know better than you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to put it in our terms, like, I know better than you. Just trust me. Like, you're not going to understand my ways, but it's better. It is better. And even for the Christian, it's hard to believe that it's better. Oh, yeah. Because because of the um, the system of justice that we are conditioned to believe yeah. is true. We've been marinated in this culture. Yep. And like, so when we look at this yeah. parable, we're like, that's not right. Even the Christian, even the mature, someone who's walking with Jesus most of their adult life, they've gone through the process They'd of They'd be like, I wouldn't respond like that. It's like, no, I would never respond like that. And it just, it, it reveals uh, how corrupt our sense of rightness really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and even then, if we're honest with ourselves, we'd say that. But I think a lot of the time today, we even wouldn't be willing to take that step to be honest with ourselves to come to terms with that. Well, I don't think I was even even able to be honest with myself until I had someone put me in the parable. Right. Right? Like I would I would and that's why I'd said that at the beginning was like, hey, let's be honest with ourselves because it's very easy to look at this and be like, yeah, that's not me. But it's you. But, but it's so it's you. Well, who who it's is you. it? Like who is it not? It's you. The question is who is it not? If you feel like the, if you feel like this isn't for you, is then for, then you're probably not being honest enough. You either need to be like, <laughs> "Yep, it's me," or you're like, "No, nah, it's not me," which it, it's, it's still you too. You. It's still you. It's still it's you too. You may think it's not, but it is. It is. All you it have really to do is, is dig deep enough into your history yes, and you'll find it. You'll find it. Even in your present, you'll find it somewhere. There's some crevice in your life right now where you're struggling with one of these three things because you're not willing to get over yourself. Like, you you mm. say this a lot to the staff, and I love this. You say, we take our jobs very seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah, I believe that. Like, yeah. humility is the key for so much stuff. Like, literally, just get over yourself. When you we start to put ourselves on a pedestal and we start to treat like take ourselves too seriously... Everything gets so messy and complicated, and we can no longer do the simple gospel. Like, Jesus made the gospel so simple. He made this way of life so simple, but we've overcomplicated it by trying to put ourselves above him, put our ways higher than his ways, our thoughts higher than his thoughts. And in trying to do so, we've just totally messed it up. And that's why we get in the way of the gospel. That's why we get in the way. It's because we're, we're messying it up. We're it's like we're, um, you know, I imagine it like this a little bit. If you have like a little pond, I know you're all about ponds because you like fish. All right. And you've got it's a very like spiritual thing. Uh, yeah. Like. Ponds are spiritual. Um, no, fishing is spiritual. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and so the water is like not disturbed, right? But if you like step down in it, then it messes it messes it all up. You know what I'm talking about? The sand all comes up and dirt comes up. All the, the all the water gets all murky. That's what I feel like we do. Like Jesus has created this serene space. And then the second we walk in it, we decide to stomp and make this all big old mess. And we're like, "Why is it so messy? Why is it so difficult?" Jesus, you said it would be easy. Jesus, you said my my burden would be light. And we're like, he's like, it was, but you're still wearing it. Like, stop wearing it. 
Like you wouldn't have a, you wouldn't have such a heavy burden if you just got over yourself. Or or our measures of burdens are way off. Like yes. he didn't promise a no weight burden. He just said a light burden. A light burden. So what is our version of light? You know, <laughs> it God's is a light version. Burden. You're of, just weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not true. I shouldn't. He didn't say a weightless burden. He just said a light burden. Uh, spend any time in church leadership, and you'll know that's true. Um, but okay, so okay, such such a beautiful picture of reality. This parable, my gosh, the implications are massive. H- here is w- what I want to explore with you, man, because you, know, you taught that beautifully. I felt like our people were able to access it. There, there, perhaps there is a new wave of Christians forgiving with abandonment. Yeah. And perhaps there's a new wave of sons coming home, either hitting rock bottom or acknowledging that there are they're almost there yeah. and coming home. Perhaps there's a new um, wave of older uh, siblings embittered, you know, by um, in displays of interpreted yeah. favoritism or whatever. People that have done everything right but mm-hmm, aren't but getting what they thought they should get. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, why in the world is human growth the slowest of all kinds of growth Mm. and you know i got to thinking about this the other day like you know i just got cats right and it's stupid cats i don't even like cats i think i'm allergic to cats anyway we got the cats because we have a mouse problem in our garage and we got the cats and um even being away in florida last week for that pastor's conference and coming back they're like they're bigger like cats grow really fast really really fast yeah even like even like a germinated tomato seed in the spring, like it germinates and, and pops up pretty darn quick. Hmm. Yet, a child lives under the authority of their parents' home for 18 years before they can even leave. Like human growth is the slowest of all growth. Yeah, I feel like there's a comedian that I've heard before that said something about that, how it's like baby animals are born and it's like, all right, go get yourself some food. <laughs> Like go go walk go walk this way and go do these things. I'll see ya. And there was like, human babies come out and they just can't do anything. anything. Like anything. <laughs> it's like I wish babies came out and it was like, all right, I'm gonna go to work. I gotta be there in ten minutes. See ya. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, I can't help but wonder how long it took that father to learn how to forgive with a spirit mm. of openness. Like, like, so do I have do I have to wait until my children are adult age before I actually become someone who forgives freely and celebrates the return of an estranged child with a celebration? Uh, I'm, are are we all destined to to go at the speed of human growth? Is there is there a way to circumvent that process? These are all avid, you know, these are all just rhetorical existential yeah. questions I'm asking right now. But I, I think that like what the parable doesn't necessarily explain explicitly yeah. was how the father was able to do that. Mm. Now, obviously, the parable is multidimensional. The father is capital F in the text. It's you know it, it's obviously it can be correlated to God the Father. Yeah. This is a child of God the Father. This is like the dynamic between father and son. Yeah. But it's also multidimensional. It means that we can access that parable because it was a teaching device of Jesus. And says, hey, why don't you enter this story, find out who you are, and this is what the kingdom of God is like. So there would be many people that listened to this story originally that 
didn't automatically know that the Father in the parable was being referred to as God the Father. They didn't even know Jesus was God yet. Right. Right? So they they didn't know about the triune God of the Trinity, God the Son, God the Spirit, God the Father. So they would have seen this as a family dynamic. They would have been like, oh, father, son, and older brother. That's a family system. That's a that's a family unit, whatever. And it can't I can't help but wonder, like, because the parable doesn't explicitly outline like how the father got to a point of um unrestrained forgiveness. It begs the question, how do we become? How do we become that? Yeah. Well, I think because I, think, I can, you could because you can believe it all day right. long. Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's a. And Maddie and I have even talked about this on the topic of prayer, of like sometimes you um, you believe that prayer works, but you don't believe that prayer works. You know what I mean? And so I think forgiveness is another one of those types of things where it's like you can say that you forgive someone, or you can say that you are, um, you know, quick to forgive, but are you really? But are you really? And, and so I think that it, it's twofold, okay? I think that it does take a long time to grow. Um, and I think that in some ways there's not really a way around that because we're human and that's just the way we work. That's the way our minds have been operate, like have been programmed. You know, it's, it's hard to unlearn things. But at the same time, I think it, there's a very simple solution. Get over yourself. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, I, I said this um, multiple times in hope, like, to, in, in hopes to reach the person in the room that, like, needed the, the way in, needed the permission to come back home. And I, I said the words, all it takes is a walk back home. If you are, you know, failing in any one of these three areas, all it takes is a walk back home. Walking back home is, is the solution. Getting over yourself is the solution. And so I think while someone who has gone through very many situations of being um, hurt and then had to process forgiveness and do go through those those trials, um, will they have a, a much stronger forgiveness tolerance, you know, or like patience? Um, yes, because they've gone through the things and it's and that take that takes time. But I really do think that forgiveness is a choice. Turning back home for help is a choice. Being happy for someone who, you know, you view as this like unfair situation, that is a choice. These are all choices that you have to make. It's not just, you know, uh, over time, eventually I'll get there, but I'm not there yet. Like, that's something that you can choose to do today. You know, all it takes is, is a walk back home. All it takes is getting over yourself in that way. Um, so, which I think is a great um, thought to transition into your comments about Paul mm. and how you know there's a lot of Sauls out there, right? And if not given the chance, if not given the chance to be embraced by the local church, being extended forgiveness, like. How how would they ever have the opportunity to to grow into a Paul? Yeah, and you know that's kind of above our pay grade. Like God is obviously in control of all things, but He has entrusted us to manage the things He's in control right. of, and so like it's this partnership, right? 
And so I don't know that I have ever heard a preacher correlate Ted Bundy <laughs> and and the Apostle Paul. But you did. <laughs> I did. I, I I dared I dare did it. And you you actually pinned us to the wall because my thoughts and feelings about Ted Bundy and my thoughts and feelings about Paul Very different. are dramatically different. We somehow gloss over the fact that Paul was a serial killer. Like I Yet we venerate him. We're we're we just gloss over it. We're like, yeah, he used to kill people, but it's fine. It's water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Tell that to the victims of his fam of the families. Wow. No, that's the opposite. The families of the victims. Yeah. I know what you meant, but yeah. yeah. Like the families of the people that Paul killed. Tell that to them. Water under the bridge. It's intense. It's so intense. We never think about that. No, We're all just no. like, oh, Paul. I don't even know I've wrote, ever. He wrote the Bible. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever heard someone say the words Ted and Bundy from a church platform at a weekend church service. Well, I I was just like, I mean, the room rushed out of the room and like like instantly, I think all of the oxygen in the room went into the baptistry. Yeah. Well, I was thinking um, when I was sermon prepping, I was actually trying, I, I had a whole list of different people that were terrible people in history and was like, who would be the most extreme? You know, Hitler's probably a little too extreme to say from the pulpit and be like, but if Hitler walked in, you know, like, cause I, I said it in a, in a run through and Maddie was like, yeah, maybe, maybe don't, maybe not Hitler. right now. Maybe not, maybe not Hitler. Read the room. Um, but, but Ted Bundy was a perfect example because, you know, it said that he literally, he went through what we define as the, the qualifications for being saved. He repented. He, I'm pretty sure he was baptized. He like, he did all of that right before he was executed. And yet there are crowds outside. I watched the documentary on Ted Bundy and like it showed live footage from his execution of just crowds outside with signs, go to hell, you're going to hell, evil, you know, and all of them are like, you know, justice is served, like all of these things of like hate on this guy. And 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 part of me, you know, the the worldly American in me is like, yeah, he got what he deserved. The flesh. Your flesh. Yes. But He's telling but, you he got what he deserved. But this story in me, oh man, the gospel in me says, how could you hate somebody that much? Are you really willing? Are you really that unwilling to give somebody a chance? Well, I think I mean, like, we what have, if we did that to what if we did that to Saul? I, I mean, <laughs> that's the point you were you were making, right? Yeah. Like the reality is that we have all hated somebody that yes. much. But this story forces us to reevaluate. Yeah, you know, you have to go to the most. You have to go to the furthest extreme. Yep. Does that? Yep. How uncomfortable does that make you? Uh, that somebody so like that, someone like that, can it, be in heaven at the same time. Yeah, yeah. If and there's no way that anyone but the Lord can right judge I, whether yes. that was authentic that, I was or not. Like, I was like, you, but we should we assume know. that it was. Yes, we should. And honestly, we should hope that it was. We should hope and assume that it was. We if we if we are assuming that it wasn't and we're hoping that it wasn't, oh, shame on us. Shame on us. We should be we should be sitting here being like, man, I really hope that I see Ted Bundy in heaven. And that's such a backwards thing for us to think. That's so beyond our understanding as people to say, man, I really hope I see this terrible person in heaven. I really hope that I see this person. I really hope that this person gets a really full, happy life with Jesus on earth and in heaven. We just we just don't think like that, 
And it's so hard for us to think like that. Yeah, I, I think that in terms of the, the local church, um, which the Christian ha- I mean, has to be involved in in some level because you, you really can't separate a life with Christ away from a life with the community of God. Like they, right. they kind of they're two rails of the same train track. Yeah. And if a church has a mission, and all churches have missions, but if a church has a mission that um, creates a culture of evangelism where we exist to reach those who are far from God. Well, that means that we would embrace mm-hmm. and welcome the proverbial Ted Bundys of the world. Yes, and it's like, are you okay with that? I think I, I think we are in concept. We are, in, we are exactly, in, and that's in and that's what I was trying to prove there is that we are totally fine in concept, but the second we're put in an actual situation, we're like. And and that is Ugh, where like we this. must grow yep. into that person's too far from God. Yeah. That's too far. Yeah. I don't want to go that no. far. And I we, can go this far from God. <laughs> but not that <laughs> not, far. Not that far. To which we would say we believe that nobody is too far from God. Yeah. To experience life. And that's what I love. That's what I love about this church is that I love I love our mission because of that because of that reason right there. But what I also love is that um I love how challenging our mission is. I love how much of a challenge it is of like, are you willing to give the people that are really far from God a chance? Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone a little bit? You know, Jesus probably, I mean, Jesus was totally out of his social boundaries. Like he was, he was out of bounds when he was hanging out with some of the people that he hung out with. Like he had no business being with those people, but he was willing to do it because that's that's where the people were. And he just loved people. Yeah. And it's like, man, how how much do you have to love people to get that uncomfortable and go that far out of your comfort zone? And go and go to the people that are that far from God. You know, there's this assumption I think in the local church that lost people don't attend like weekends or or aren't aren't uh spiritual. They're just not interested in the local organized church because there's often a dissonance between mm-hmm. what the Christian says they believe and how they behave and how they live. Yep. And I think that if followers could bring what they say they believe and how they live into perfect harmony, our witness would be dramatically stronger. Yeah. If we close that gap, that's that's one of my prayers that I say often is God close the gap. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Close the gap between what I say and and what I am. But I think it's a total it's a total myth that on at a weekend gathering that there wouldn't be an opportunity to evangelize the lost. Yeah, it, you know, it's a bad assumption to assume your church is full of Christians. The reality is, is there are yeah, there's this w- wide. Um, breadth of of life, everything from curious to seeking to mad at God, yeah. like acknowledges reality, but is keeping him at arm's length. And like, th- well, even then, you even have we have even Christians like that. Yeah, we have Christians that are that are keeping God at arm's length. We have Christians that are mad at God. We have Christians that are saying, like, you know, 
I'll, I'll believe the words. I'm using air quotes right now. I'll believe the words, but I, I won't internalize them or let them shape me or form me. You yeah, know? I'll keep them in my head. Yeah. They'll just never go to my harder hands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I think it's just so important to, to share the gospel every chance we get. Yeah. You know, and faith comes by hearing. That's what the word says. And um, I don't think any one of us can live a good enough life to put Jesus fully on display um, without speaking yeah. his gospel. But we certainly can do ourselves a lot of favors <laughs> if, if, our, if the dissonance between what we believe and how we live came into harmony. Yeah. And I think that would actually improve our witness dramatically improve our witness Absolutely. so that we'd see the fruit of, we'd see the fruit of the gospel because we'd get over ourselves we'd get over ourselves so that when we do speak the truth of the gospel the mercy of Christ over the the disbelieving heart the unbelieving yeah. heart all of a sudden it's fruitful because your life backs up the the words and, and and not that like it's that it's not that simple we we know that like yeah it's not always are, so black and white no we're Christians are in this constant state of sanctification we're not going to see perfection until the other side of heaven, until eternity, but... Yeah, I'm not going to judge you if you can't forgive someone, I promise. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's hard. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, there's no better time than 2023 to evangelize the lost, man. Like, there's just so many people right. who are well, lost. Well, honestly, people oftentimes are like, oh, that's I'll never get there, so why even try? But it's like, you might as well start. Yeah, I think we've you know we've way over overcomplicated evangelism. Like if we just prayed for like our four to eight neighbors that strategically right. live around us in our neighborhood and prayed for them ceaselessly that they would come to know the Lord and extend them invitations to our table and to God's table. Like who, dude, even that God can just pour his his fuel onto, yeah, and set a blaze of, of fruitfulness. But well, I want I want to know what you said you um had mentioned that if, if we, like, close the gap between those two things, then, like, how much more we'd see the fruit of the gospel. That was my purpose in sharing that passage from Acts 4. I'm going to read this right now. Just, it's mind-boggling to me. Now, the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all so much so that there was not a needy person among them. Great, ga- great grace was upon them all so that there was not a needy person among them. Like, it's, it's just that right there. What I see there is that the grace of God is not in concept. The grace of God flows out to your hands if you'll let it. Like, if you'll let the grace of God transform you, you'll see the fruit of the gospel. You'll see people not in need anymore. You'll see the community of God come together like never before. And then when the, when the community of God comes together, it's like a snowball effect because now they're like, oh, I'm not worried about these things. The, the burden is light, and so now I can go, I can keep sharing the gospel. I can keep, I can keep doing what I say that I was going to do. And, and, and the transformational power of the grace of God will just keep going repeatedly. You know, the more you testify to the resurrection of the Lord, the more that he will change you. And I just think that's, that's so true, that 
if we could just discipline ourselves even a little bit to remember, to relearn the love of God, to remember the resurrection, to testify to the resurrection, to, to give out of generosity, to pull, our, to pull our hearts where our minds are and where our words are, man, if we can just discipline ourselves to do that, I think we'll see the fruit of the gospel in that. And I think it'll just be the snowball effect of transformation that the Holy Spirit just so badly desires to do in us and in our communities. I'd offer my summary this way. My encouragement to our listeners is to give unconditional love for those around you. Just Mm. give it a chance and work it and see how it goes, right? And so perhaps you um, know some people in your workplace or in your neighborhood that are going through some stuff, man. They're suffering in some painful kind of way, which is, man, a huge opportunity to to step into their world and offer the loving kindness of the Father's presence, right? And um, there's a lot of opportunities for us to to widen our arms in front of mm. proverbial prodigal sons. Even, even if they're not related to us, that's kind of not the point. The point is not that they're related. The point is there are so many opportunities for us to just give unconditional love to those around us a try because you are a changed person or have been changed or in continual change because of the love of Christ in you and around you and for you. And if you grew up in a healthy church environment, my my guess, my hope is that you have a, a good understanding of God's love for you, which is you didn't deserve it. <laughs> There's nothing you could do to earn it. God is just so good and he overflows in of, of himself. Yeah. Thomas Aquinas uh Aquinas would talk about this. He would talk about how God overflows, and that overflow is just this uh, goodness and the love that you and I experience today. And I can't help but wonder if, like Aquinas, we could overflow around the people in our workplace neighborhoods and, and families. And by acknowledging that God's grace, this undeserved favor on my life, God's mercy, the withholding of what I deserved in my life, can also be passed along to this person. And although I can't convince this person to place their trust in Jesus, I can't force this person to trust in Jesus, to put their faith in Jesus. I can't force them to their knees in prayer. I can't force them into the baptistry to make a decision of faith. I can't force them to do anything. But I can force my my arms wide open, mm. right? Yeah. And I can say, I'm here for you if you need me. And it sounds like you're going through a really difficult season. Like, how can I pray for you? It's crazy. Have you ever offered prayer to someone who's not a person of faith? They will accept it. I remember specifically years ago, I asked this guy if I could pray for him. I knew like full well that he was a full-on atheist, or at least an agnostic. He was like, yeah, I would, I would love that prayer. Well, what's that tell you? <laughs> It's like, oh man, how many opportunities have we missed? Just because we've pre-labeled someone as unworthy of that open arm yeah. or or uh that person would never accept a, a you know an offering of prayer. It's just like, dude, you don't know that. 
Like, just go for it, man. Just offer yeah. them prayer. Open <laughs> your arms in front of them. Like, just... The only thing stopping you is yourself. Yeah. So Christians, listen, Christians. Like, may you have the spirit of, an, of open arms this week. Mm. May you have the spirit of the Father in the parable with big old open arms. doesn't matter who it is, where they're coming from, what walk of life they're at. Look, the truth of the gospel doesn't save people. It's the grace of the gospel that saves people. Wow. It's the truth of the gospel that sanctifies people. Okay? So no amount of you truthing is going to save them. They need to experience the grace of the gospel. And after they have experienced that grace, then truth takes on its work and sanctifies someone into maturity. Ooh, that was powerful. Oh, the grace of the gospel versus the truth of the gospel. That's so good. Man, that was very well said. Well, that was my story. It's most people's stories. Yeah. It's true. When's the last time you met someone that was just like, you know, someone just argued me into it, man. <laughs> someone just uh, argued me into the faith, uh, which means if you can get argued into the faith, a better argument can argue out of the faith. It's true. The prodigal son needed grace, and that's exactly what he got. Yeah. Well, and honestly, the older son needed grace, too. Yes, he did. And a measure of truth. <laughs> and a measure of truth. <laughs> but grace. But yes. he got grace when the father was just like, hey, all that I have is yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's typically the stubborn Christians yeah. that need the truthfulness of the gospel yeah. to seep into their bones. Like me. Like anyone else. Like, Oh, yeah. Come on, I was born in the pews, man. Like, Dude, same. I need the truth all the time. Same. And I and it, when I was a kid, I was happy to give the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm happy. Just, to, I was happy to be that older brother and be like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Yeah, he lied earlier. Yep. He doesn't deserve this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love giving my kids the truth of the gospel. That's what. <laughs> oh, may I have the spirit of the open-armed father and give him the grace. My yeah. gosh. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I'll give us a closing thought here. Uh, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's. <laughs> Um, you you are the one that's standing in the way of life with Jesus. Um, and that should be a convicting thing, but that should also be the most freeing thing you've ever heard. That the only thing that stands between you and Jesus is you. All you have to do is just walk. That's all it takes. Like there, there's there's no extra requirements that Jesus has asked of you. He said, "You just come to me. You come to me, and I'll take you just as you are, and we'll we'll work it out." Um. And so, I encourage you, listener, this week to maybe even read this story again, and maybe even read it, you know, every morning or every other morning, or just every day at some point. And just think to yourself, who am I in this story today? You know, what what parts of my day today have landed with this type of thing? Um, how can I better love? How can I better be humble? How can I better get over myself for the sake of other people? Um, and I'm telling you, when you... When you take that intentionality to form yourself to the words of Jesus, and you say, Jesus, form me. Jesus, I, I'm taken after your words. I'm walking towards you. Would you form me? 
I guarantee that you will see the fruit of the gospel in your actions and in, in your daily relationships. I mean, it's no fun being frustrated. It's not fun to be angry. It's not fun to hold grudges. It always, it always sucks. It always feels terrible. And so there's no point in doing it. And you can move on from that. And so I encourage you to just invite Jesus into that portion of your life um, and to form you in that way through this story. So yeah, that's what I got. Get over yourself. <laughs> uh, don't forget, uh, friends, you can submit your own questions about the sermon or other faith-related things um, on Sunday mornings. And honestly, you could even you could even ask questions about the podcast. Right? If we said something today that you're like, I want to know more about that, we encourage you to ask questions. All right, We are here to help. We want to walk with you through all of these things. Um, but you can find that place to ask those questions on the QR code on the back of the chairs at the church uh, or on our website at mercyroadnw.com under the media page. Uh, you can also find more details and information about our community. If you're, if you're new to listening, you can find more details about our community there as well on our website. And you can get a hold of me or Luke on the staff page. And you can find our emails there and contact us. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.